Welcome to the Life and Rhythm Podcast, where we hope to equip rhythm communities to be formed by God, with one another, for the good of others, in the valley as it is in heaven. Hey, welcome back to the Life and Rhythm podcast. I'm with my friend Adam. What's going on? It's good to be back. <laughs> I, like I don't know why. I did a little. What's Barry, going on? You did. Manilo. That was What's very, very Manilo esque. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Uh, we're just going to do the intro today. Kind of mention some of our thoughts around what you're about to listen to because I had on um, Tim Bulky who's in Lincoln, Nebraska. He leads a ministry called Harbor Ministries, as well as my friend DJ, Daniel Jurgensen. And he's a, I think he's a regional director for the Vineyard Church within Colorado. Um, but more importantly, he's just a faithful pastor. We can give him any title. This is he's, uh, he's the grand poobah of spirituality in Colorado. I think that's what he would call himself. He's going to love that. All Colorado. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, anyways, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for your service. I enjoyed our conversation. Adam and I were just going to riff at the beginning here about what we thought about it, uh, because there was some stuff that was said that really resonated with us. Absolutely. You know? And so Adam, yeah, just kind of tell us leading into this conversation, what stood out to you? Well, there's several things. Um, You know, so the question that we're asking is, what is the church for? Um, and you know, it's interesting cause we, you know, we've said this for a while now. Um, I loved how DJ just went out. It's, it's almost as if he's listened to our podcast. Almost. He said it's, 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 it's an extended spiritual family or, or it's a, it's a family. I think is the, the term that he used. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting about family. If I were to describe your family or my family, let's say, um, so Olivia's seven Lincoln's three. Um, Sherry and I've been married for 11 years, you know, there's, there's just all this history and all of this love and support and emotion, um, that has gone on in our family. And I wouldn't boil or synthesize my family into what we do on a particular day at a particular time, uh, of the week. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, Hey, we're the Everett's and we sit down on Tuesdays and we <laughs> have tacos. Right. Um, and you know, whatever, um, That's what we and, do. and describe, you know, what happens in around our table in that moment, what I would, yeah. I would start to describe some characteristics of our family, maybe some values of our family. I would start to talk about the why behind like our identity as, as Everett's right. Yeah. And that's, that's just so hard to really quantifiably describe my family. And so yeah. when we start to talk about the church in that way, it's really hard for us to just to, to put our thumb on it. And I thought, I thought they did a great job with, um, I heard that from Daniel. And I also heard that from Tim of saying, um, when he gave the example of a, a, a story, um, of a guy who had experienced something and said, man, this feels like the church. I yeah. think that's, I think that's what people are longing for. 
people are longing for what I really got really took away from is people are longing for ultimately for the kingdom, um, for the kingdom of God to be here as it is in heaven. Yes. And, and people are wanting desperately for the church to trust the church, to usher that in, to be a signpost of the kingdom, to be an experience, a foretaste of the kingdom. And unfortunately we've been a lot about, um, you know, Taco Tuesday and what happens at a particular time and place instead of really bringing in the brevity of the kingdom um, here on earth. So that I know yeah. I just done there, but that's uh, that's a lot. That's kind of that's a lot of good. That's a lot of good stuff. I, you're making me think of the uh, time me and Jen were planning our wedding, and a lot of people do this, but when you're planning a wedding, oftentimes you'll go and you'll have a sample meal that is a foretaste of Mm. what you will experience at the wedding feast. So you get an idea of what's being prepared and you can say, Oh yeah, I like this. Let's go in that direction. And, and, and that's what the church is called to be. Mm. It's called to be that foretaste that, Oh, this, this is the direction. This is all heading towards the restoration of all things Mm. that the, the level of reconciliation that I'm experiencing in this community, that's what it's going to be. The the level of actual care for one another and, hmm. and forgiveness and mercy and grace, that that's what we're heading towards. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's have that meal now. Let's do that now. I like that. That's good. What, what would you say? Um, so, so you kind of, you, I think you maybe talked about it in the interview, but uh, a question that comes to my mind is what is that I think of uh, people listening, maybe in the business world, you know, minimal mm-hmm. viable product. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a company uh, it's escaping me right now that actually switched it to minimal viable experience. Yes. I really like that change um, in our experience culture. Yes. Right. So yes. what would you say is the minimal viable experience of the church? Hmm. as it pertains to the kingdom that, that, that exactly how you just described that, that, Hey, the, the banquet's coming. Here's yeah. a little bit of a taste. What is that minimal viable experience that people are, are longing for? And I think I'll, I'll, I'll give you some time here, but I think DJ really did a good job just talking about how we broke, like we've, <laughs> uh, it's kind of like, do it, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Um, yeah. the church, the church has been saying a lot of things, but not yeah. really doing a lot of things, uh, as it yeah. pertains to this. And I think there's been a lot of trust that's been broken for um, sure. of, because of that. And so, because yeah. we've, um, the way that I talk about it is, you know, people wanted a piece of the pizza and we just gave them the crust, <laughs> you know, we gave them, we technically gave, gave them, them a piece of the pizza, right? Like we gave them a piece. But they weren't able to experience yeah. the the elements of what really constitutes as a pizza. You know, yeah, they just got Dude. they just got the the really hard, crunchy crust. Um, yeah, what what comes to my mind is um, one of Adam and I's probably one of our favorite authors the last few years has been a guy named Chuck DeGroat, mm-hmm. and we got to hang out with him a little bit here in Phoenix <laughs> through the Surge <laughs> Network. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I gotta tell you a story real quick. The the thing I remember, yeah, we're we're lost downtown Phoenix, so lost. We're trying to get to his to his hotel, 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm so engaged in the conversation. People, you know, that know me, um, I also mm-hmm. drive pretty, uh, pretty quickly from point A <laughs> to point B. Yeah. Uh, um, I drive efficiently. There it is. There it is. <laughs> from yeah. point A to point B. That's right. And I'm, I'm engaged. We're engaged in this conversation with Chuck and I'm looking at him in my review mirror. He's in the back seat, and, uh, and I'm, we're, we're talking about, um, he, he, he had a lot of really good things to say yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the conference, but we're talking about it, recapping it. And I just hit a huge speed bump going like 40 <laughs> miles an hour. Nailed it. <laughs> I think it might've broken his neck a little bit. He might've his head hit the ceiling of my car. Anyway. Anyways, Chuck, Chuck for sure won't be listening to this, but if you are Chuck, oh, I, uh, I'm going to share it with Chuck. Yeah, yeah. I love you, brother. Love you, man. That Sorry about fun. your neck. Um, <laughs> yeah, he wrote a great book called When Narcissism Comes to Church. That's probably his most famous book, but he, he's written a lot. Um, he wrote something called Toughest People to Love. And so when you ask that question of like what people should be experiencing in the church, um, he has this quote in Toughest People to Love. He says, and he's actually talking, it sounds like he's talking to leaders, not necessarily to the church, but he's saying to lead and to lead well, you necessarily have to come to the end of yourself. And by that, I mean your false self and find that it is yet a beginning of a new life, a new kind of leadership that is animated by God's abiding spirit in you, living from your core where the spirit dwells. You can relinquish the need to fix and to control and to conquer and to drink in God's life, a life animated by peace and rest and wholeness and love and forgiveness and surrender. It's a good life. And I remember reading that and thinking, going back to what you said about the trust has been broken. I I think the church needs to hear that. I think they need to hear as a community, we can relinquish the need to try to fix and control and conquer people. That's not the role of the church. And for anybody who's listening to this inside or outside of the family of God, if that's been your experience, if that's been your minimal viable experience in the church, that's not the whole piece of the pizza. That's, that's, I don't even know if that's the crust. That's, that's the thing that's been thrown away that has mold on it. That's not even, it's not even the real thing. The real thing is everything I just said, that we're a community animated and formed by the living Holy Spirit of Christ. Dang. And, and so, yeah. I, and I think um, without that, it's not the church. If you don't have the spirit, you don't have the church. Dang, man. And I'm not sure, I don't know if you can even quantify that mysterious bond we have with God through the Spirit and with one another as a family. Dang. Um, I don't know if this is, what I'm going to say is theologically aligned with how, <laughs> how I really feel, but what I what I initially just thought of was um, in, order to, in order to have the Spirit, there had to be a death. Yeah. And wow, it's good. almost like our model, um, our the prevailing model or the the standard of church 
uh, almost need in order for trust to be rebuilt, there almost needs to be a death in order for there to be a resurrection, in order for there to be an empowerment of the spirit. Yeah. Um, and when I hear that quote, I, I do hear that of there's yeah. a lot of things that we've built up that need to die. And death is not a bad thing. In fact, in order for there to be a resurrection, there has to be a death. That's and right. this idea of up and to the right um, is is just so intertwined with who I, and, and it's really the leaders, um, it, mm. you know, it's us, it's all of us, right. As humanity, we we're aiming for success. And in the midst of that, we're, we're building codependency on models and paradigms that are dependent upon, um, a lot of things that are, that are exactly what you're saying. They're not even, not even the crust. It's like, it's the mold. It's the, it's the, it's the anti kingdom. Um, yeah, bro. Yeah, I, uh, whew. I, I really do hope that, um, people listen to this and, and hear that there can be no life. There can be no new life, resurrected life without a death. I, I think that's what Chuck DeGroat is getting at. Like that's right. not only individually, but collectively, we've got to die to some things that we can experience new life. Jesus wasn't kidding around. When he said, you want to, you want to gain life, you're going to have to lose it. Mm. And, and I think if, if there's somebody listening to this, that's skeptical about the church, because you've experienced a false ingredient in the past, mm. may you even die to that experience and recognize that that's not the real thing. Mm. You know, that's like somebody who's been in a relationship with somebody else and it turns out to be really bad. And they say, well, I guess I'm just giving up on all relationships. No, no, that's probably not the way forward for you. The way forward is probably forgiveness, recognition that maybe you played a part of that brokenness and moving forward. It is possible to have deep intimacy with other people. Just, and, and so I just, uh, I'm excited for y'all to listen to this conversation. Yeah. Adam, thanks for helping me set it up. Absolutely. Enjoy. Enjoy. Guys. We're going to center our conversation around what is the church? Like if you had to describe, if you were, you know, having, having drinks with some of your friends and one of your buddies really didn't know. He was like, hey, man, I just don't get it. What is the church? Uh, what's, the es- like, what's the essence of it? What's, what's it all about? How would you all respond? Mm. What well, comes this, to mind? This is an anti-answer answer, but I'm going to give it because it's what I've been thinking a lot, a lot about lately, and that is that the church is. Yeah. Meaning um, the church is a community that you become a part of when you decide to intent your direction towards Jesus in terms mm-hmm. of your purpose. So you join the church regardless of if you attend something. Um, and it's, you know, in the scriptures, it's described as a family. Now, Come on. in the modern world, it's very much identified with buildings, and uh, which is fine. But, uh, you know, then it becomes something we go to yeah. instead of something that we are. So I like to say that the church is. Yeah, dude. And uh, the other thing I'd say, and this probably would lead us to some more discussion, but the church has lost its trust with our culture. Wow, dude. Um, profoundly. I mean, certainly in Durango, I don't know what it's like here. 
in Arizona, but, um, I was shocked when I moved to Durango and I would sort of announce, you know, in conversation, you know, what do you do? You know, I'd say, well, I'm starting a church. And, you know, from the place I came before, nice and conservative, you know, where the church played a role, people would sort of look at me and shake their head. Like, what a good guy. That's great. Daniel Jurgensen. Yeah. What a great dude. Ha! <laughs> not, not anymore. Actually, I recognize lately that um, the church is now something that breeds distrust. It's not even neutral. It used mm. to be like the Elks Club for me, which was like... <laughs> People would look at me like, well, what's that? What do you guys do? And somebody's trying to, you should come hear my Elks Club leader. He's so funny. And the music is, you know, it's like, that's what it used to be. Like the church was just like neutral. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't get it. Now it's like, oh no, you're a part of that. You're a part of that. Wow. That's just culturally. What do you honestly. hope? Uh, I mean, if you were to describe Durango Vineyard, mm -hmm. your community, yeah, family. like, yeah. So, so that family, what would be the, like the distinguishing marks of that yeah. family. This is what makes up that family. Yeah. Post, post coronavirus world. I mean, that's, we're in that, I guess. And, um, a couple months ago, one of our young millennial leaders was leading worship and he said something that just resonated with the audience. And that was, he, we were singing a song and he kind of got to the end and he said, we're going to sing this chorus again. And for those of you that are ready to sing this chorus, I want you to sing it out. And there's going to be some people in here who aren't ready to sing this chorus. And he, he looked at everybody and he said, I want you to know we're singing this chorus for you wow. because we're a family. Come on. And there was something that resonated in that room, like the desire to belong somewhere. And, uh, that's so good. you know, that's not a building. That's not an, a, th a thing you at attend. It's, it's gotta be more than that. And it's gotta be real. And, you know, we see through that if we don't belong right away. Yeah, and man. yeah, I love that. Thank you. Mm. Timothy. Well, I was thinking about that as you prepped me for this question uh, yeah. five minutes ago. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, for me and my background, I mean, grew up going to church since I was little, uh, led a large youth for Christ uh, chapter for 20 years. And then came on the senior leadership team of a large church for 10 years. And then, you know, launched Harbor Ministry, and we work with a lot of pastors around the country. So I've kind of had a snapshot on a lot of different levels. Yeah, uh, and in a way, and uh, the image that came to me, actually, as we were, you guys were talking, and for me, when I was uh, leading Youth for Christ, we had 45 people on our salaried staff. So we had a really great community, and it was a... a it was the place, you know, in that area at the time to do youth ministry. And so mm. just great people. And we had a, a pastor of a large church come in to give a devotion one morning to our staff. And in the midst of his talk, he says, I don't know what you guys would define churches, but this is it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting wow. in it with you guys at the moment. And there was community. There was connection. People cared about each other. We had a common purpose that we were charging on. Yeah. and uh, rallying around. Um, there was surface, superficial fun end up. Um, that was where the trademarks of that team at that time. And I, I remember being really struck by that, and we really needed to kind of hear it at the time. Yeah. After, you know, that's my slant. I mean, and I think that's 
uh, we can kind of create that kind of church connection, community relationships, family that DJ's talking about. Yeah. I have three kids in their 20s, early 30s, and, you know, two of those three, I mean, are what DJ said, I have lost trust. And yeah. the current institution of church were a lot of different ways and views, and, man, we got to figure that out and fight for that to bring it back. Yeah, bro. I mean, if it really is yeah. meant to be family and it's meant to be relational, um, then it can't thrive without trust. That's right. And uh, what did you say earlier, DJ, we were hanging out? You said something about our souls seeking truth in that, like seeking and that that truth would set us free. I forget how the mm -hmm. context that we were talking about, but, but we say the church is one thing. It's meant to be a family. Mm -hmm. And then people experience it as an uh, institution. Mm -hmm. Um, or as a building, and it doesn't feel like the kind of family they even want to be a part of. Do you remember what we were talking about? Yeah. Um, truth is described as reality, yeah. as it is. We would say reality with a capital R, meaning like not a manufactured or manipulated version of reality, yeah. right? Like it just, just is what it is. And I think the good, the good news about all this by the way, the, the lack of trust we have with our culture, it's not going away. <laughs> and, um, but the good news is it's not hard to build. The bad news, I mean, I think what's hard, though, is it's, it's, uh, it costs everything to build it. Yeah. Um, to take a step of risk uh, to trust, you know. Like I, um, I was picked up at the airport by a, a Lyft driver. Is that what it's called? Lift. Yeah. 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 And uh, we're driving and, you know, so what do you do? I said, pastor. And, and she said, oh, I'm a Christian and everything, you know, and I don't go to church, but I'm a Christian and everything. And anyway, we got talking, bro, this was profound. Um, uh, she, what did she say? She said, like, we're talking, I'm asking her about her life. And then we got to a place where she over tears while she was driving wow. said at the end of the day, I'm alone because nobody actually cares for me. And, uh, we were talking about depression and her journey and who do you trust in this? And, um, the point is the trust that we need to build the reality with a capital R can be mitigated when we actually care for people. <laughs> you know, when we actually, I mean, she was saying like, she said something like, uh, oh, we, you know, everything happens for a reason, you know, like God must have. And I'm, I mean, I wanted to, I can't cuss on this. <laughs> I, I wanted to just be like, no, I, I don't know, actually. Yeah. And so I answered and saying, you know, I got my questions about that. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder, I don't know. And that's the point is like, I wasn't answering in the way she even expected. I was being truthful reality with a capital R and, um, you could tell there was a real connection through that. Yeah, I do. The world's hungry for that, I think. That's what church is. Yeah. yeah, I love that, dude. And going back to your worship leader, that leads perfectly into my next question. I only have two questions. So you can rest easy. You can do it. All right. But uh, we've, we've said a lot over the last few seasons of this podcast that we resonate with. Uh, there's an Anglican bishop. He used to be a part of the Vineyard Church, Todd. Hunter, yeah, Hunter yeah. and he started a diocese in the Anglican church and it's called C4SO stands for church for the sake of others. Mm -hmm. That's what it stands for. Yeah. And in the name of the diocese, he's trying to get across this idea of exactly what your worship leader was saying. Like, mm -hmm. if you don't believe this in the room, that's okay because we're here for you. Mm -hmm. 
we're actually here for the good right. of other people. So he's kind of distilled down this whole, um, you know, what is our purpose right. as a community, as this fellowship, as uh, this company of committed? What are we supposed to be about? Right. And he says, we're, we're meant to be for others. Uh, we exist. We have experienced God's love and his, his radical transformation for a purpose, for, for the reason of helping other people experience that. And so in your own words, just what would you long the church to become in this season, especially 2022, after all the disruption that's happened over the last couple of years? Um, what's the church for? Like, what's the purpose of this community? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Tim? <laughs> <laughs> that's I had to answer first on the last one. <laughs> I don't know. That's good. I mean, I don't know that I have a clear answer and process in it as you ask but i think what do you think dj yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> i mean i th- i think of your kids <laughs> yeah and i think of my buddies who I'm are just having fun here, by the way. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i think of the people who are they've lost trust i'd love to see it be a place where trust is built and um yeah. I think that actually has to come from our leaders. I don't know who listens to this, but our leaders have to shift our functional motivations from you all come to, you know, you exist to, for me to benefit. Mm -hmm. We have to flip that to like genuinely identify ourselves as, you know, I was thinking of this with one specific person. I brought it up with a buddy on Friday, we were fishing actually, mm-hmm. and we're in Colorado looking for 10 pound trout in this really cool stream. And I brought a ladder along uh, because it's a way to look for the trout in the spots. Anyway, it's um, wow. kind of a secret tactic for yeah. anybody who's. Yeah, dude. Um, anyway, so so we're there looking for these big fish and talking. And I, I brought up somebody in our church who I'm just struggling with to know how to, you know, it's a couple that's splitting up and feeling the pain of their marriage. And yeah. anyway, this friend of mine said, you know, what resonates with me is that it's not your job to fix them. Hmm. It's your job to journey with them right alongside. Yeah. And that was profound for me. And I think to answer your question, I would, I would say that. Yeah. Like, I would love to see the church journeying with people yeah. through darkness, through disillusionment, yeah. through pain, through joy. I would love for the church to be the raw place to be, the place where you could open up and fully let it out. The, the, you know, it would be brilliant to cultivate that kind of environment where somebody could come yeah. with all their tension and questions and know that they were going to be accepted and that they were going to belong. We say yeah. at the Vineyard, you belong before you believe. Yeah. And uh, I think you believe, well, I don't know where behavior comes in, but you know... <laughs> Eventually, Eventually, Jesus, you know, you want we, to be another thing we say is he, uh, Jesus accepts you as you are, but he doesn't leave you that way. Yeah, I do. But the point is, it starts with journeying. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah that's really good. And yeah, now that I've gathered myself, I can think a little bit. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. You know, that is really good. And I think what I find myself hoping for, and it's an illustration I've used a lot, is even, especially in these last couple of years, the world has been shaken. Our culture, our country, kind of our some of our value systems has been shaken. The church has been shaken, wow. uh, and and 
that creates, you know, lack of stability, lack of an anchor, and boy, do people need that today. I mean, so my word and mine goes Psalm 62, and, you know, a stronghold, an anchor, a granite strength that shall not be shaken. People are going to gravitate toward that, mm. and and that's people. As DJ said, certainly not a build or anything like that. That's going to be strength that comes from knowing what we're anchored to. That mm. there is a rock that can survive the moments and the times we find ourselves in, mm. with, yeah, with everything that's swirling around us. And that certainly would be my hope that the church can reclaim that ground and and has it has that mm-hmm. that we can be seen for what that yeah. is and the truth of that because people really need that mm. I, I need it can mm. i build on that for a second please, no. please you know tim what i've learned in the journey that you've led me through and now we're taking other guys through um is you can't give what you don't have yeah. and it's one thing for us as leaders to say oh we're going to journey with people they're going to trust us we're going to shift the narrative but you've taught me how to take space how to spend a whole day alone once a month um matt you've been on a journey to cultivate this in your life in such a way that it's true whether you're leading something or not yeah that's got to become true of our leaders our our leaders have got to stop relying on charisma Mm -hmm. and um you know whatever it is and and actually have a functional tangible granite strength connection with god that's good man i the image that's coming to my mind is that uh you remember at the end of hebrews 12 where whoever writes hebrews you know he's talking about endurance running your Mm -hmm. race don't let any bitter root grow up in you don't be like esau traded his birthright for a bowl of soup and then Mm -hmm. that all kind of culminates in this statement in hebrews 12 where it says and don't forget Mm -hmm. you live in an unshakable kingdom Mm -hmm. don't forget about that that it's not just about who you are as a beloved child, but it's also about where you live. Mm-hmm. Where, where it is that you move and have your being is in an unshakable kingdom. And I long for the church to be that. That's right. Right? For mm-hmm. That community built on a solid rock, exactly what you're saying, Tim, mm-hmm. who journeys. And, what, and just tying it right into your longings too, mm-hmm. DJ. Of, yeah. I, I personally, you know, the first time I ever led at a harbor event, and then I didn't. You're calling us to be, I don't know how intentional you were with naming the leaders, but you didn't call us leaders. You call us accomplices, you know? And yeah. you, and Everything's it, intentional with Tim. Everything <laughs> <laughs> And that, to me, that's such a different posture of yeah. like, you know, I, we're together on this yeah. journey. And, yeah, and it, right. I think even naming that like breeds humility mm. and invites other people into journeying mm. with those people. Yeah, if, if reality with a capital R is you have Christ as your granite strength, you can journey with people. Yep. Yeah, bro. For sure. And I need to nurture that, find that, the space idea that DJ's talking about other ways. I mean, that's the greatest, most important thing we can do is we yeah. need stable, steady people and yeah. leaders in the midst of this times that we find ourselves. Yeah. Fellas, that's all I got. I really appreciate you joining me. Thank you for setting up shop. <laughs> great, great being here. Pleasure. <laughs> love you guys. Peace. I love you too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Life and Rhythm Podcast. 
we are on mission to live freely and lightly with one another for the good of others. Peace.